السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله صلى الله وسلم على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أما بعد and may Allah's peace and blessings be upon Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the last messenger, and upon his family and upon his companions. Tonight, uh, the night before Monday, and I would like to mention the date, and it is the 28th of the month Rabi'i and the year is is uh, 1439 after the Hijrah of the Prophet and that which corresponds with the 15th of January 2018 and we'll complete what we had started from these issues in this beneficial small book by Imam al-Bukhari and before that, before we continue I'd like to mention something related to the third issue or the third point that we've covered and that is the Iman in the Qadr, the pre-decree. It's good and it's bad. So you should know that Allah, the mighty and majestic, He is the one that has distributed the provisions among His servants. And that you act upon the legislated means to achieve and earn those provisions. So that you can attain those provisions. And Allah, the mighty and majestic, due to his tremendous wisdom, he made among the people both those who are rich and those who are poor. Just as Allah has distributed among the people their levels of intellect. So from among the people are those who have great intelligence or great intellect. And they are very, they have a strong extent or a long extent of intelligence. And very strong memory. And from the people are at a middle level intelligence or intellect and from the people are those who are less than that level of intellect or have a weak intellect so if you looked whomever Allah might have raised over yourself with knowledge or with their ability to memorize or with their wealth so upon you is to have Iman in the Qadr, in the pre-decree. And you must beware of falling into sins. Such as jealousy. And that is to hope that the blessing be taken away from your brother. And being upset or angry with the Qadr of Allah. 
فتقول لماذا أعطاني أعطاه ولم يعطني. So you would, and you and that displeasure of Allah would be shown by you asking why did Allah give this to somebody and he did not give it to me. لماذا هو خير مني. Why is that person in a better situation than me? فهذا يجر إلى شر عظيم. So this would lead you into great evil. وبكفار قريش. And the kufar of Quraysh. لما اختار الله محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم للرسالة. Once Allah chose Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to be his messenger. قال بعضهم. Some of the Quraysh said. كيف يختار هذا الفقير اليتيم؟ How can Allah possibly choose this poor orphan? لما لم يختار أحد عظماء مكة أو الطائف؟ Why wouldn't Allah choose one of the great ones from the people of Ta'if or Mecca? قال الله عز وجل. So Allah said what means? وقالوا لولا نزل هذا القرآن. وقالوا لولا. And they said, Allah said what means? And they said. وقالوا لولا نزل هذا القرآن على رجل من القريتين عظيم. If only Allah had sent down this Quran upon a man of the two. A great man from among these two villages. So they make this suggestion to Allah. And they go against what Allah chose. So as Allah said again, that they said that if only Allah had sent down this Quran upon a man from these to or from these two villages. So Allah refuted their statement by saying, Is it they who split and divide the mercy of their Lord, of your Lord? We are the ones who distributed bet between them their livelihood in this worldly life. And we raised some people over others in levels. And Allah, the mighty and majestic, said what means? That Allah, and your Lord creates what He wills and He chooses. They do not have any choice. So Allah is the one who created the creation. And He is the one that chose from among them. And He differentiated between them. In many different aspects. So He made males and females. And He made from them the rich and the poor. And he made the intelligent ones and those who are lower in understanding. So upon you is to be pleased with whatever Allah has chosen and distributed for you. Because some people if they see who has been given more than them from either wealth or knowledge then they begin to become upset with that. And they start to blame the one whom Allah chose over them. 
And Ibn Qayyim said, في مقدمة زاد المعاد. In the introduction of his book, Zad al-Ma'ad, بكلام عظيم نفيس. With tremendous Bennett, tremendous speech about this issue. في شرح هذه الآية. Explaining this verse. وربك يخلق ما يشاء ويختار. That which means, and your Lord creates whatever He wills, and He chooses. فرجعوا إليه. So go back to. What Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned in the introduction. And we ask Allah to bless us to be pleased with what He has distributed for us. And that He blesses us to be thankful for what He has given us. The second issue that I'd like to point out. And that is related to the issue we discussed of those who make takfir or they declare to be a disbeliever who someone who has, create, who has performed a major sin. There's something else that people mention along with this making takfir, along with this declaring them to be kufar. And this involves going above Allah. وهو القسم والحلف and this is swearing أن الله لن يغفر لفلان and this is if you were to swear that Allah will not forgive so and so أو لن يرحم فلانا or if you were to swear that Allah would not have mercy upon someone أو سوف يعذب فلانا بعينه or if you say specifically that Allah will surely punish this specific person. And in the authentic hadith from the hadith narrated by Abu Huraira, the Prophet mentioned two men from the people that came before them. One of them was righteous and he used to perform acts of obedience. And the second one, then he transgressed against himself by committing sins. And whenever they met each other, the righteous one would give advice to the one who sinned. And that sinner did not used to accept the advice. And he continued upon his sins. And one day, one day the righteous man found that sinner upon a terrible sin. So he tried to advise him again and warn him. So that sinner said to him, Leave me alone with my Lord. Indeed you were not sent to be a watcher over me. This is how the sinner refuted and replied back to that righteous man. So we'll correct ourselves and we won't describe him as somebody righteous, but we'll say he is a worshipper. Somebody was a worshipper. So he became angry at the reply of that sinner. So he swore by Allah that Allah will not forgive you. So Allah took both of them. And he said to that slave, that uh, the righteous one, that they want the, the worshiper. 
who is that that tr that tries to go over me or go over my ruling? That he swears that I will not forgive so and so. So Allah said, are you somebody that knows more about me? Are you over somebody, are you somebody that is able to do what I do? So indeed, I have forgiven that sinner and I have negated or wiped out your good deeds. So then that slave, that one who, used to, who was known for worship, he was the one taken to the hellfire. So Abu Hurairah said, he said about that man who was known as a worshiper, he spoke about, he spoke a single statement. And that statement destroyed him. It destroyed both his worldly life and his hereafter. So preserve your tongue. And what's mentioned also, what should be mentioned also related to this issue is that we testify about any specific individual that he would be in the, in the Jannah or the Hellfire. So we don't do that to anyone except whom Allah or His Messenger specified will be in those places. So if Allah or his messenger mentioned that, then we testify that they would be in Jannah. And whoever is other than those people, no matter how righteous they are or what level of knowledge they reach, if that person was to die, then we do not say that so-and-so is in Jannah or will be in Jannah. But we are hopeful for him and we ask Allah to grant him that. And if a sinner was to die, that used to waste away his own life by committing innovations and sins then we do not testify that he will be in the fire but rather we fear for him and we recognize that his affair is with Allah so this is an a affair which is furqani it is a clear distinction between the people of sunnah and the people of bid'ah rather this is a clear distinction between the people of sunnah and all of the types of religions or sects in the world. So every religion or every sect that believes in the last day, then you find that they will always claim that their scholars and their righteous ones are in Jannah. And what they, who, who they consider to be righteous men. Religious men. And you find likewise sects of the people of innovation and desires. You find that they mention about their leaders and the, who they consider to be righteous and from their scholars. They say that they're in Jannah. 
وهذا خلاف الأدلة. And this is against the proofs. وما كان عليه أئمة السنة. And this is against what the imams of the Sunnah were upon. فهذان تنبيهان. So these two points. أحببت أن أبدأ بهما. We wanted to begin with it. قبل أن نأخذ المسألة. Before we take the next issue. الخامسة. Which is the fifth one. وهي مسألة حق الصحابة. And it is the issue of the rights of the Sahaba. فنقرأ أولاً كلام الإمام البخاري. So we'll read the speech of Imam al-Bukhari. قال رحمه الله. So he said, رحمه الله. وما رأيت فيهم أي في أولئك الأئمة الذين لقيهم. So he said, I did not see among them, meaning those imams and those scholars that he met. أحداً يتناول أصحاب رسول الله صلى أصحاب محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم. He didn't he didn't see a single one of them speak badly about one of the companions of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. أي يتكلم فيهم بكلمة سيئة. Meaning he didn't see anyone say even a single word bad about them. بل كانوا مجمعين. But rather they were all agreed upon. على سلامة قلوبهم. Having pure hearts for them. And their hearts were clean from and their tongues were clean from speaking about them. From speaking about or feeling bad in their heart about any of the companions of the Prophet. Ibn Taymiyyah said, and from the beliefs of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, as has come in Aqidah Wasatir, his book, from the foundations of the Sunnah and Jama'ah, that their hearts and tongues are pure from speaking against them. From again, from speaking or about or feeling bad in their hearts about the companions of the Prophet and withholding about what happened between them. Meaning not going into depth speaking about what happened between them. And this is what the people of Sunnah have agreed upon and all praises for Allah. وفيه آيات وأحاديث كثيرة. and there are many أحاديث and verses of the Quran about it. قال الله عز وجل. so Allah said what means في سورة الحديد. in the Surah Hadid. لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل. you are not that you are not equal those who had iman before. لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل. You are not equal from among you those who spent in their spent their wealth before the fat. أي فتح مكة. Before the fat of Mecca, the opening of Mecca, and fought in it. أولئك أعظم درجة من الذين أنفقوا من بعد وقاتلوا. Those are more greater in level than those who spent. After that, and fought afterwards. أي أن الصحابة الذين أسلموا وأنفقوا وجاهدوا قبل فتح مكة. So the companions that fought and spent and accepted Islam before the opening of Mecca. هم أفضل وأعظم درجة من الذين بعدها. 
they are better and greater in level than those who did that, those actions afterwards. But be careful. Don't think that those who accepted Islam after the opening of Mecca don't think about them any deficiency or anything blameworthy. Due to that, Allah said, and for all of them, Allah has promised goodness. And this husna, this goodness is Jannah. So those who accepted Islam before the opening of Mecca and thereafter, all of them will be in Jannah. وقال الله عز وجل في سورة الفتح محمد رسول الله والذين معه وكلمة الذين معه تشمل المهاجرين والأنصار and the Ansar. And those, so those who accepted Islam before the opening of Mecca and those who came after them. And everyone who was with the Prophet He described them that they were severe upon the Kufar and merciful between themselves. So who would you be to try and enter yourself between the Sahaba? And Allah said, what means? And Allah said, what means? For me, those who are poor from among the Muhajireen and those who were expelled from their lands and from their wealth. And they did that seeking virtue from Allah and His pleasure. And seeking to aid Allah and His Messenger. Indeed, they are the truthful ones. So this verse is about the Muhajirin. Then Allah said, after that, that which means, and those who were in Medina and had Iman before that love those who made Hijrah to them. And they don't find any difficulty in their hearts from what they were given. And they withheld things from their own selves in order to give their brothers. Even if they were in a state themselves of poverty and in a state of great need. So he would give precedence to his brother over himself. And he would give to his brother, the one who made hijrah, even if he himself needed. And Allah said what means and Allah said what means and whoever when whoever uh, holds back his stinginess 
whoever Allah protects from stinginess, then indeed they are the ones who are successful. So in these verses, Allah mentioned both the Muhajirin and the Ansar. Then Allah said what means? And those who come after them. So this encompasses everyone that comes after the Muhajirin and the Ansar. Up until the day of resurrection. So they say, these that came after the Muhajirin and Ansar, they say, Our Lord, forgive us and forgive our brothers who came before us in Iman. So they used to, so the description of these people is they seek forgiveness for the Sahaba. They don't speak against the Sahaba. They don't speak badly against a single one of them. Then Allah said what means? He said this about the, those who come after the Sahaba. That they would say, and don't make in our hearts any dislike for those who have Iman. Our Lord, indeed, you are the most kind and merciful. And from the most filthy type of heart. Is a heart that has dislike and hatred towards the companions. And whoever's heart has this dislike for the Sahaba. Is it possible that his heart would be pure and clean towards you? If somebody hates Abu Bakr and Umar, and Uthman and Ali, so is it possible that he would love you? So be careful of this. And Allah said what means? In Surah Tawbah, and those who proceeded in the beginning from the Muhajirin and the Ansar. So these are two types of people. And those who followed them upon goodness. Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. And Allah prepared for them Jannat, gardens under which rivers flow. Lasting therein forever. Indeed, that is the tremendous reward. So this is the second verse. That Allah mentions both the Muhajirin and Ansar. And Allah mentioned whoever follows them upon goodness or correctly. So they are correct in their statements about the Sahaba. And they are correct in how they follow the Sahaba. And Allah said what means? In Surah Anfal. And this is the third place. 
as Allah said, وَهَاجَرُوا and those who have Iman and made Hijrah, وَجَاهَدُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ and strived in the path of Allah. هَؤُلَاءِ مَنْهُمْ أَسْأَلُكُمْ Who are these? المهاجرون These are the مهاجرون. قال تعالى as Allah said, وَالَّذِينَ آوَوْ وَنَصَرُوا and those who protected them and aided them. هَؤُلَاءِ مَنْ Indeed, they are the people of Iman in truth. For them is forgiveness and generous reward. So Allah testified for them as having Iman. And Allah promised them with forgiveness for what has come from them. So upon you is to withhold your tongue. And then Allah said, And those who have Iman after them. So this encompasses whoever comes after them up until the establishment of the hour. Just as has come in the previous two verses. The verse in Surah Al-Hashr and the verse in Surah Tawbah. So Allah said what means? And those who have Iman, and those who uh, make Hijrah and strive with you, then they are from you. So Allah made من مشى على منهج الصحابة whoever follows the way of the Sahaba أنه منهم معهم that they are with them والأحاديث عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كثيرة and the hadith from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم are many رواه البخاري ومسلم في صحيحهما so Bukhari and Muslim narrated in their authentic books and the Prophet ﷺ from the Prophet ﷺ that he said do not curse my companions for by the one whose hand, whose hand my soul is in if one of you was to spend the likes of Mount Uhud in gold وَمَنْ زَارَ مِنْكُمُ الْمَدِينَةِ يَعْرِفُ جَبَلَ أُحُدٍ And whoever of you who had visited Medina, then he knows the size of Mount Uhud. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَزُرْهَا فَنَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُيَسِّرَ لَهُ ذَلِكَ And whoever has not visited it, then we ask Allah that he makes it easy for you to visit it. وَتَسْتَطِيعَ أَنْ تُشَاهِدَهُ الْآنَ بِالصُّوَرِ أَوْ بِالْفِيدِيُو And now you can see it easily with in pictures or in videos. And you can see what a great large mountain it is. If one of you was to spend the amount of gold the size of Mount Uhud, you would not reach you would not reach with Allah and in pleasing Allah and accepting Allah the, the amount of two hands cupped together of what the Sahaba and not even half of it 
meaning if somebody who came after the companions gave the amount of a mountain of pure gold it would not reach with Allah the amount as if one of the companions gave the amount of one handful one, and the Prophet here did not specify gold whether it is uh, like flour or rice or sugar or dates because the Prophet left it general just by saying the two hands of one of them or half of it so with this you can clearly see the virtue of the commandment those whom not a single person after them can reach their level and they are better than anyone that comes after them even if somebody that comes after them does all of the righteous actions and Ibn Taymiyyah said what means in his book and this is the meaning of his speech whoever looks into the biographies of the Sahaba with knowledge and fairness he will know that that there will, there will, there never was and never will be after them anyone as good as them. They had Iman in the Messenger and they believed in him. And their, their people waged war against him. And they were uh, thrown out or they were expelled from their lands and their property and their wealth was taken away and their blood was spilled in, the, in their efforts to try and aid the Prophet and they defended the Prophet with every means that they had and they carried the revelation and the message and they spread to the different lands of the earth teaching the religion of Allah so every righteous action that anyone from the Ummah does then for the companions is the reward just like the rest of the Ummah get so no one can possibly count or measure the, uh, the amount of their rewards except Allah. The Prophet said, like Abu Hurairah narrated from him in Sahih Muslim, whoever calls to guidance, for him is the reward like the, for him is the reward like the rewards of everyone who follows him in that guidance up until the day of resurrection and their rewards will not be deficient in anything 
And the Prophet said, That the one who guides to goodness is just like the one who does the goodness. So who is the ones who are the ones who called this Ummah? And who guided them towards goodness? And who taught this Ummah? ومن بلغها القرآن والسنة بعد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنهم الصحابة فلهم مثل أجور هذه الأمة وقد أطلت في هذه المسألة I have indeed gone wrong about this topic. And it deserves to be studied for a long time and even longer than this. Because, because it is a tremendous foundational principle of the religion. And the innovative, misguided sects, they speak against the noble Sahaba. Whether they are the Rawafid or the Khawarij. Or the Mu'tazila. Or those who are in the innovative Islamic political groups and parties today. So they have many attacks against the companions. They speak against Muawiyah ibn And they speak against Amr ibn Las. And even against Uthman ibn Affan. Like Sayyid Qutb and other than him have done. So upon us is to be careful. As far as the Rawafid, then their affair is clear. But callers and those who are considered to be Islamic thinkers, then we find that these people, they speak against the companions of the Prophet And filthy, evil words come out of their mouths. So we be careful of that. And here's a question. Who is a Sahabi? Imam Bukhari answered that. In his Sahih. In the book which is chapter headed The Virtues of the Companions of the Prophet. So he said, Rahimullah. ومن صحب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and whoever accompanied the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أو رآه or saw him من المسلمين from among the Muslims فهو من أصحابه then he is from the companions from his companions فذكر so he mentioned فذكر أمرين so he mentioned two affairs من صحب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم whoever accompanied the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم وهذه صحبة مطلقة and this is a general accompaniment, a general companionship. Whether it was 20 years, or 10 years, or 2 years, or 2 months, or 2 weeks, any length of time that he accompanied him. This is the first type. The, the second type is even if someone only saw the Prophet If he saw him in Medina or during the farewell Hajj in Mecca anyone that saw the Prophet or met him 
أو صاحبه. Or accompany them. فهو من أصحابه. And he's from his companions. له فضل الصحبة. For him is the virtue of being a companion. ويجب أن يرث له قدره. And it's necessary that we recognize his status. وأن يمسك عن ذكر سيئاتهم. And that we withhold from speaking against anything. وأن تذكر محاسنهم وفضائلهم. And that we only mention the good things about them. وهكذا عرف وهكذا عرف الصحابي الإمام أحمد. And this is likewise how Imam Ahmed في أصول السنة defined what is a Sahabi in his book أصول السنة. والإمام علي بن المديني. And likewise Imam Ali بن المديني في اعتقاده الذي رواه اللاذكائي أيضا. In his small book of Aqida that Al-Lalikai narrated in his book. And other than them, than them from the Imams defined the companions in this way. So if we know this, then there are different affairs. The first affair we'll discuss is the virtues of the Sahaba. The second is the Differing of levels of virtue between the companions. So Allah mentioned the prophets and messengers. And He said, Those are the messengers, and we have given some of them virtue over others. From them are those whom Allah spoke to directly and raised them in levels. And all of them are prophets. To disbelieve in one of the prophets is the same as disbelieving in all of them. And to speak badly against one of the prophets is like speaking bad against all of them. So the companions, they uh, all have virtue and between them are different levels of virtue. So the best of them is Abu Bakr. And he is the best man after the prophets and messengers. And uh, due to the appropriateness to mention there is a book with this title the life of the most tremendous, greatest man after the prophets and messengers. And it is authored by our brother Abu Uthman Muhammad al-Anjali. And then thereafter Abu Bakr was Umar ibn al-Khattab. And then after him Uthman ibn Affan. ثم علي بن أبي طالب. and after him علي بن أبي طالب. رضي الله عنهم. may Allah be pleased with all of them. ثم بقية العشر المبشرين بالجنة. then the rest of the ten who were promised جنة. نقول بقية العشر. we say the remaining ten. ولا نرتب بينهم. and from those we don't give them a specific order. لأن الترتيب في الفضل. because the uh, order of giving virtue is not based on our intellect. It's not based on our desires. But rather it's based upon the sunnah and the proofs. So who among you can mention the rest of the ten? And that's okay to cooperate. Who are the remaining 
6 to complete ثابت ابن قيس بن شماس أحسن هناك العشرة وهناك المبشرون المبشرون بالجنة كثير. so the ones who have been promised Jannah are many. the the ones who are promised Jannah are many. but what we're speaking about now is the specific ten that came in a single hadith. ولكن العشرة لأنهم ذكروا في حديث واحد. we're mentioning these ten because they came in one hadith together. وكلهم من المهاجرين. and all of them are from the muhajirin. إذا السادس عبد الرحمن بن عوف. أبو عبيد بن الجراح سعيد بن وقاص سعيد بن زيد بن عمرو بن نفيل عبد الله الزبير بن العوام طلحة بن عبيد الله أول العشر إذن فتقول So we say, فتقول أفضل الصحابة. So we say the best Sahaba. هؤلاء الأربعة على الترتيب. Are those four in that order? ثم بقية العشر. And then the rest of the ten, which are those six. ثم أهل بدر. And then the people of Bedr. ثم أهل الشجرة. Then the people of the tree. لقد رضي الله عن المؤمنين. So Allah said what means indeed Allah has is pleased with the believers. إذ يبايعونك تحت الشجر. When they pledged allegiance to you under the tree. وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم. And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said. لن يدخل النار أحد بايع تحت الشجر. No one who gave the pledge of allegiance under the tree. Will enter the fire. So all of those will be in Jannah. And they were approximately 1,500 men. Sorry, 1,500 people. How many There were 1,500 people. And the Prophet ﷺ said about the people of Badr. Oh Omar, what would you realize? Perhaps Allah has looked upon the people of Badr and said, do what you will, for indeed I have forgiven you. So Allah will forgive them. So we'll say again. Okay. The first issue is the virtue of the Sahaba generally. So this encompasses everyone even who saw the Prophet for only a moment. The second issue we're talking about is the virtues of the Sahaba between themselves. Based upon what we have explained so far. The third is virtues of specific. Meaning those ahadith which have come mentioning the individuals among them. Which are authentic. Such as the different virtues of Abu Bakr. And the different virtues of Uthman. And the virtues of Zubair. 
and the virtues of Amr ibn al-As and his brother. So the Prophet said, The two sons of Ibn As are the two sons of As are believers. Amr and Hisham. Amr ibn al-As Hisham. So the Prophet bore witness that they have Iman. And then we find that Sayyid Qutb comes and whoever follows him from the Arabs and the non-Arabs. So they describe Amr ibn As that he had hypocrisy and Allah's refuge is sought. <laughs> He said, but we'll drink this coffee to Fajr. <laughs> this is the fifth issue in the book. Al-Khamisa fi kitab, no? No, the fifth issue from the book of Imam al-Bukhari. And before uh, we continue, we'll mention the fourth point here. What is the ruling of who speaks against a single companion. Imam Ahmad clarified and answered this in his book, Usul Sunnah. That whoever speaks bad about a single one of them, then he is a misguided innovator. The fifth issue about the Sahaba. I'm sorry, I got Okay. What is required from us? We must love them. We must praise them. We must spread their virtues and what's good about them. We must withhold from speaking about what happened between them. Is this enough? That we spread their virtues. Is this enough? No. It's not enough. There's a very important thing. And that is taking them as examples and following them. Due to that, Imam Ahmed said in his Usul Sunnah, the foundations of the Sunnah with us, is clinging to what the companions of the Prophet and taking them as an example. So you might find people who give khutbas and speeches about the virtues of the companions. And they might refute those that speak against the companions. And they might even write books about this topic. But this person still might not take the, the Sahaba as an example. And they don't follow them. Not in their understanding of the Quran. And not in performing their worship. And not in following the Sunnah. And not in their stance towards innovation. So the Sahaba is widely narrated from them. With many narrations. The dispraise of Bid'ah. And the dispraise of the people of Bidar. And there are many narrations about that. 
So the one that is lax and doesn't give correct attention to bid'ah, then he has not followed the way of the Sahaba. The one who speaks about the Quran or the Sunnah based on his own opinion, and he doesn't return back to the understanding of the Sahaba, then he has not followed the Sahaba. So it's not sufficient that we that someone just loves the companions or if they just praise the companions. But rather it's necessary that they follow the companions and take them as examples. And that we understand the Quran and the Sunnah how the companions understood them. And due to that, Imam al-Bukhari mentioned in the sixth point that he spoke about in his book. And they used to prohibit innovation. And Imam Ahmad said in his Usul al-Sunnah, our, the foundations of the Sunnah with us are clinging to that which the companions of the Prophet were upon and taking them as an example. And the second point, abandoning innovation and every innovation is misguidance. So this is how the Imams agree upon in clarifying and explaining the truth. So they used to prohibit innovation. Because the Prophet prohibited innovation. As the Prophet said, and beware of the innovative matters. Because indeed every newly invented matter is a bid'ah. And he said, as is come in Sahih Muslim, Indeed, the most evil of affairs are the newly invented matters. Meaning bid'ah. And many, many narrations have come from the Sahaba about this. Then, then Imam al-Bukhari clarified and defined what is bid'ah. After he said, and they used to prohibit innovation, bid'ah. So it's as if somebody is asked now, what is bid'ah? So Imam al-Bukhari explained Whatever the Prophet and his Sahaba were not upon. Look at what, look and notice that Imam al-Bukhari said He didn't suffice. That Imam al-Bukhari did not suffice by saying that Bidah is whatever the Prophet was not upon. But rather he also said, and his companions. 
And by him saying that and making that specifying that detail is he is following the Quran and the Sunnah. As for his following of the Quran, then we can see that in the statement of Allah, which means and whoever splits away and goes against the messenger after the guidance has been clear to him. And follows a path other than that of the believers. So Allah mentioned two affairs. The sunnah of the Prophet and the path of the believers. And they are the companions. And from the sunnah, we have as a proof the statement of the Prophet in the same hadith of Irbad ibn Sariya which has come already where he said upon you is to follow my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided upright khulafa or the up upright rightly guided khulafa so here Imam al-Bukhari in his Definition of Bidah, he is following the Quran and the Sunnah. Because he mentioned what the companions were upon, along with what the Messenger was upon. And this is the saved sect. When the Prophet was asked, <laughs> The Prophet said, When he was asked, he answered that those who are upon, when he was asked about this Firkutanajah, this saved sect, he described them, those who are upon what I am upon today and my companions. And then Imam al-Bukhari mentions two proofs. He mentioned the statement of Allah that which means and cling and cling to the rope of Allah all of you together and do not split. And we will continue speaking about the verse and the rest of the issues after the Isha prayer insha'Allah.